0: welcome to what won't you say a woman-centered podcast i'm your host Sonia mastic stick around for the season to be inspired by amazing women who bravely delve into the stories of their lives giving hope and inspiration to others together we will explore such a wide array of topics that you will be asking yourself what won't you say welcome back to the show today we have on mary ellen kearney she's originally hails from the east side of detroit actually detroit i know it's surprising and has been singing since exiting the womb, officially kicking off her performing arts career at age six. She has been trained in piano and voice, including studying vocal jazz at Hope College. Mary Ellen has had several stints in cover bands and has also dabbled in the fine arts of stand-up comedy, using her true life experiences to bring laughter to those around her. In her spare time, she enjoys attempting as many random hobbies as possible, seeing how much weight she can pick up and put down at the gym, and spending time with the most spoiled dog in the universe, Mr. Stanley Banjo. And he is the most spoiled dog in the universe. So <laughs> he is. Clear.
1: He is.
0: The worst.
1: <laughs> he's not the worst. He's the best. The as worst. he gnaws my hand right now. It's the only way to keep him quiet.
0: <laughs> I will forfeit some of my flesh to keep you quiet. Oh, wise <laughs> <Exactly>. dog.
1: <laughs> and, and let's be real. I'm sure everyone is going to hear him in the background at some point during this because I mean- that's just...
0: they're all gonna be be mad that it's not video and that you're not holding the dog up so like in a zoom call it so we can all see right
1: they're all like oh it's so cute Yeah. how many more treats can i give him today i am
0: that person though i want i would prefer you hold the dog or cat up than talk about whatever hell report we're going to talk about oh god of course Hold up your of cat. Course. Tell me all about your cat's backstory. I want to hear yeah. Sarah McLachlan playing in the background. You know, <laughs> while you're telling me the dog, the dog or the cat's story. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> Stanley, rescued from the hard streets of Detroit. I oh my will gosh. remember you,
0: Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that. But someone yep. that can actually sing. Okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of which, someone that can actually sing. Um, to let everyone know, Mary Ellen is actually a friend of ours, my, myself and my husband, and she has sang on some, uh, in our studio a few times because she had a little bucket list item of wanting to record some songs. Is that correct?
1: That's it. It was, uh, man, I've always just wanted to be able to say that I recorded something. I didn't care what it was. (laughs) Um, and then I was like, Hey, wait, I know people who have a recording studio. (laughs) Maybe they'll let me. Live out my dreams. So it's like my make a wish moment. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> to come over to come over to your neighbor's house and uh and sing, yeah, in, their, exactly. sing in their basement. That's your make a wish. Yep. You gotta yeah, do a little bigger, know. Mary Ellen. You gotta dream a little bigger. I'm easy I'm to saying. please. <laughs> I mean I did offer you tea, so I mean you you were really living large, yes, here, but and know. I got
1: chapstick too out of the deal. So That's right, I forgot. Wow. Yeah. I, yep. I'm wearing <laughs> it right now actually. <laughs> You're like, just as an <laughs>
0: homage to the time we spent together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, one thing that I found fascinating though is um, when did you start doing stand up comedy?
1: Um, stand up comedy like six years ago. Okay. Yeah. So six years ago.
0: So did it start as sort of like a last kind of like off the cuff, last minute, you know, harebrained idea that I, I call myself the harebrained ideas Cause I always have these things that like the last second and then, it, then you're probably like maybe, Oh, it'll be fun. But then it turned into something or did you want it to turn into something?
1: No. So I, um, as with many things that I've tried in life, um, I did stand up comedy in an attempt to meet men. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, all I got out of it, actually, one of my very best friends, Chelsea, I met through comedy, um, but, like, that's, that's the only relationship I got out of it, um, but no, it turns out that, um, I just really enjoyed it, I've always loved being on stage, I know most people, like, the idea of being on stage terrifies them, and I'm always just, give me a microphone, and a crowded room, and I'm good to go, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. That realized oh I'm actually kind of funny and people laugh at me and I just kept going with it. I took a little break during COVID and then decided to give it a try again. And yeah, I I just I love it. Love being on stage. So
0: the thing that is really funny about your material, I've seen her a few times, is that you are brutally honest. And they're real stories like there's no way these are real stories. But I know you I know these things happen. And the fact that you actually have the ovaries to go up and then talk about it on stage, some of the things are just like incredible. And that's what makes it so funny. It's not like uh, also at the expense of other people. Yeah. And I Yeah, that's
1: it. not not my style is to belittle other people <laughs> i'll belittle myself all day long but, uh, all day <laughs> yeah absolutely um and that's that is one of the things like we were t- i was just talking to someone They're like well why haven't you been on stage recently and i'm like because i'm really happy right now <laughs> well, <I see>. and,
0: <laughs> and it's like
1: i can't it's too hard to write comedy when i'm this happy because a lot of what's funny comes out of me being a little bit sad or angry or whatever and like a shitty situation um where then i find myself in ridiculous situations um and so yeah i'm too happy so if somebody want if you want me to get back on stage i guess like break my heart or something i don't know what needs to happen
0: <laughs> what's well, a fascinating point you bring up being a musician myself obviously you are as well is that that is such a a common belief among musicians that like people go out of their way to stay miserable so they'll continue to write good songs not even like oh yeah. accidentally they willfully are like I need to be depressed and very disenchanted with life in order to keep writing things that I really appreciate do you honestly believe that's true or do you just think it's it's harder work and discipline to write when you're happier
1: yeah and I'm sure it's just that it's harder work I mean even um like I have poetry and song lyrics and a lot of stuff that I've written and I do find that like <laughs> again the, the more miserable i am the easier it comes out on the paper and i but i do think i think it's sometimes when i'm feeling down i just feel like writing more mm-hmm. just as a as an outlet and a release whereas when again things are good i'm like oh whatever i'll just read a book or i'll go for a walk and those kinds of things so um yeah i think it's it is probably the discipline thing more so than anything else but um there's just such that connection to putting pen to paper mm-hmm. and getting shit out that you you're keeping in that I feel like you're just conditioned to believe that you have to be in that mind space so I guess shame on me point made I should no not at all not at all because I'm trying to really for the
0: listeners kind of get to the bottom of it because I mean that's why a lot of musicians end up you know overdosing and things are like oh well i started doing heroin and then i really started writing good material so i guess i have to keep doing heroin and that's like, not a t- i'm not making a joke about that for the listeners like that people have really died because they oh were yeah like, this is the state that i write best in but why do you think that is why do you think that we write better material that way because it feels like there has to be a flip side to it of like is it because of the fact that we don't like to talk about our wins. Like maybe it looks like we're showy or braggy or showing off. I mean, is this something oh, like that for you? For sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, um, it's, I don't think like, I don't think any poem song stand-up thing that I've ever done is about like, like, look how amazing I am. It's all about like the bad stuff. Um, but again, I think it's that just catharsis of, I'm going to keep it in if I, and it's going to just destroy me. And the only way I can get it out then is to write it because I also am not just walking around telling people I'm so sad today, but if Mm. I can write it in a song and someone else hears that song, for some reason that's acceptable for them to hear a song about how sad I am, but I'm, but it's not as acceptable socially to just say, I'm sad today. People are like, why? What do you have to be sad about? Well, let me play this song for you and then yeah. you'll understand. Um, or listen, you know, to my stand-up and you'll be like, Oh yeah, I'd be sad if I had that life too. Um, kind of thing. So not I that mean, I don't have a good life. I have a very good life.
0: But... Do you feel like it's it maybe like you're giving them something in return? Like you you feel you don't deserve to be able to just tell people like, oh, I'm sad and, and take up space for them. So it's like if if you entertain them in
1: some way, then it's acceptable. Correct, absolutely, one thousand percent. I mean, which is I've never really thought of it that way, but as soon as you said it, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's the price I have to pay to be able to talk about my feelings.
0: Well, the other price is the one hundred twenty-five dollars for the session we're doing right now. You're also gonna have to pay that price.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, this isn't covered by insurance. (laughs) Uh, I'll
0: get you a form. We'll see. We'll 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 figure out out all the details later. Um, but yeah, so that is a very interesting thing. And that brings us segueing us into being outside of your life. You know, I'm not inside your life because, uh, you know, I'm not you, but, um, Correct. it's been fascinating because over COVID and kind of getting out of COVID, you seem to be having the best years of your life now. And you had, I know you, there was this moment. So tell the listeners what, what that is like, what that moment was, because a lot of people have things happen or they see things and it's like, I'm going to change. And then they do not change. And I am one of those people Mm -hmm. where there's lots of things I want to change, but you have really overhauled a lot of things. And the main thing I've noticed is like, you're really starting to settle and giving no shits. And I love that about you. So, so tell the (laughs) listeners a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I won't get into like specific details of the exact catalyst but sure. i did i had a moment um probably like august of last year and it just i don't know it shook a, a lot of things loose for me that i was like oh how have i been living my life and is this life that i've been living the life that i actually want or is it the life that everybody has told me i should want or should be living and am i making decisions that are best for me or that are best for everyone else because I'm a I'm a chronic people pleaser. I'm a Mm -hmm. fixer. That's just the role that I've always played. And so, but yeah, I had this moment and I was like, wait. And it really made me question I'd say like 90% of my beliefs about my life and about just what how I want to be living. And I was like super freaked out at first. I was just like, oh no, this is no, I can't change who I who I am and like everybody knows Mary Ellen is Mary Ellen and like how the type of person I am and then I slowly start to realize no I'm just diving into this I'm owning it I'm owning the fact that yeah I don't I don't want to live like that anymore because that's not my authentic self and I'm still figuring out I mean I just turned 40 so I'm trying to get rid of 40 years worth of not being my authentic self and picking out like who from who I was is who I still want to be. And then what do I need? Who do I want to bring into my life moving forward? Um, it's just been like, it's been really crazy. And there are definitely still days where, um, you know, I find myself like backsliding into, Oh no, I'll just do what's comfortable. But I also find a lot of moments where you're, you're right. I just do not give a shit. I don't have time for it. And I can't control how everybody else reacts to things. I used to think I could, (laughs) You're right, you should try at least <laughs> yeah oh yeah for sure and so yeah it was it's just been really really interesting and I think I think part of it has to do with with having turned 40 you mm-hmm. know I knew that 40 was coming and I was kind of like in my mind I kept saying yeah 40 not a big deal like it's just a number but I think in the back of my mind I was like holy shit are you kidding me 40 I'm like what do I what am I doing with my life sure. and I don't want to wake up five years from now, I'll be like, hmm, well, when you were 40, you wanted to change and you didn't. And are you going to do it now? And then probably not. So yeah, it's, but it's a it's a process. So
0: that's great. And, and again, it's the thing, uh, for, different for everybody, what the catalyst is, you know, whether it's turning 40 or it's just an event or it's the combination of things. And I know also you were struggling with some health things as well. And so it seems like maybe that sort of all solidified together where it's just like, ah, this isn't maybe the direction like my life's not going in a good direction if I keep living like this.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I definitely started going to the gym, which I hadn't done in years. Mm-hmm. Um, had had shoulder surgery for I had that pain in my shoulder for shoulder for ten plus years. Um, and I kept making excuses too, especially with the gym. And you were so instrumental in getting me back to it. Oh, nice. So you kept kind of saying, like, you should drink get Get, get in the gym again get in the gym again and I was like I'll do it but maybe after my shoulder surgery and then um the shoulder surgery went so much better than it was supposed to have and like, I was damn able it. To, <laughs> I, it really truly I, no, it was so good I would I would have been the world's biggest bitch had I had to do the full recovery I'm very aware of that like the five days that I was staying with my mother I was just like an awful human being I was like <laughs> mm-hmm. everything it was mm-hmm. awful but because it went so much better, I was able to join the gym and I just like hit the ground running. But I realized like I was using my shoulder as an excuse to yeah. not get healthy and get in there and just be like, oh, I'm, I knew I was intimidated to, like I sure. hadn't been in the gym in years. Um, and it, but it was all an excuse, my shoulder, my shoulder, my shoulder. And now I'm like, now my shoulder still hurts post-surgery, but I'm doing all sorts of stuff I was not doing before. Cause I'm like, it's fine. Like you, you can push yourself not to the extreme, but you can push yourself through stuff. So.
0: What's fascinating is mindset the other way. And for the listeners, um, Mary Ellen wasn't somebody that was just like a couch potato and then decided to go to the gym now. Like she has a very robust history of athletics. And so um, tell them a little bit about that, because again, it's, it's (laughs) fascinating that you were intimidated by the gym and I would never dream of doing a half Ironman. I just want to put that out there. (laughs)
1: Yeah, um I'm endurance events. I've been doing that, I've done them for years. Um I started with a hundred mile bike ride. Um and actually one of my favorite stories is so I was training, I was fundraising um and training to do this hundred mile bike ride around Lake Tahoe, which if anyone knows anything about Lake Tahoe, it's very mountainous. Yeah. So it's a very hilly hundred mile bike ride. And um I had never I had never done a a cycling event before. And I told my mom and my mom knew this event. She had been to this event as like a staff person. And she's like, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Like, it's so intensely hilly and it's grueling. And I was just like, okay, well, watch me. And Mm. she swears ever since then, ever since that moment, when I crossed that finish line, she's like, I will never doubt mary ellen when she puts her mind to something that she will get it done um and i just i mean i got bit by that bug um i've done half marathons a couple of hundred mile bike rides and then really truly like my greatest accomplishment was my half Ironman. um it was um it was miserable i was like the second to last person out of the water um i i'm legit like the world's worst swimmer um and, and it yeah, was windy <laughs> I still did it yeah Yeah. i mean and i and i like i i hate swimming too like i'm afraid of the open water i don't like to be able to see the bottom but i also don't like to not see the bottom and it's
0: yeah i know a lot of swimmers that that athletic swimmers you know that that swam um in pools you know and they're also like they're also afraid of open swims like I, i think most normal people are afraid of open swims
1: yeah so, and then it windy on the bike. I fell on the bike. It's so like my knees are bleeding and I still have to do, you know, I've, the swim is 1.2 miles. The bike is 56. And then, so I'm done with the bike and I still have to do a half marathon, 13.1 miles. And now it's like hot and sunny. Um, and I just, and there's pictures of it, me crossing the finish line, like bloody knees and just sobbing because I, I couldn't believe that I did it. It was like, it's amazing because I, I always think like I it's the, like the whole imposter syndrome thing like I don't think of myself as an endurance athlete even though I've done a ton of different events I think oh endurance of athletes like can finish the race in like three hours and are super fit and like I'm I'm a fairly average looking person and like I you know I take my time when I'm out there but I also talk about the fact that I'm an an endurance athlete, the endurance part the being able to be out there for however many hours, 12 hours, 13 hours, whatever it takes to get it done. Like I could push myself through things for hours. And you and I have talked about that.
0: And that is the thing about um, powerlifting is I always say people are like, oh, you, you must be really strong to do it. And I said, no, I can suffer more than most people. Yep, and everyone says oh that's so weird it is weird but like athletes that can endure things like that especially endurance athletes I mean you have to agree like you you can just suffer like nobody else
1: oh yeah for sure I mean and we think it's fun for some reason
0: bananas
1: (laughs) it's just crazy and it's one of those things every time you cross the finish line and you're like no not doing that again and then three days later you're like What's the calendar look like? When can I do it again? Now so. that you're not
0: limping and your your nipples are no longer bleeding, you no longer have Correct. massive diarrhea. Yes. You're like, now I'm ready to I go. You haven't,
1: <laughs> I haven't shit my pants in three <laughs> days. We're good to go.
0: I think that pediolite's staying in now. We're ready to start again. <laughs> yep, it's perfect. <laughs> so that's amazing. And I just wanted to bring some of that in, the accomplishments of that, because to say the fact that you were still intimidated by going back to the gym. But you did things that, that especially women, a lot of women wouldn't even dream of, but even men, just people wouldn't dream of actually going and doing something which seems to most people crazy, like crazy to do that much athletic stuff. So I, I'm glad you talked about that. And then also, I just wanted to say um, that uh, the question I had was, as you were starting to change, as things are morphing for you, I'm... Did you end up experiencing what a lot of people fear, which is not everybody is going to be happy for you?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much so. Um, this is yeah. It's it's crazy. Like you think, oh, here I am. I'm bettering myself. <laughs> like, who wouldn't be happy with that? And yeah, people. Not everyone is because, and I think part of it's like, oh well, but I. Used to interact with you this way, and now I have to interact with you differently. And um you, you don't spend too much time roles. at the yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, you spend too much time at the gym, and it's like, do I really though, or do you just not like the gym, and so you don't see the benefit of it? And so it's um, one or of those. Or do you feel you I need to be doing
0: that as well? You, you not the well, gym yeah, necessarily, right. but just changes, and you don't want to do the changes for yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and it's been really interesting, Um, especially I. I mean, I. Struggled with my weight my entire life, and so it was always like I was always too heavy, and so I'm like, Okay, well, now that I'm not too heavy, things should be good, and I'm seeing just the opposite of like, well, you're so thin and da-da. and I'm like you you can't win and so but that thankfully goes back to then just not giving a shit, like yeah, I couldn't make people happy when I was heavy, I can't make people happy when I'm thin. But I'm much happier and I'm happy with myself. And I, I really like who I am and who I'm becoming. Um, and that has been really important to me to just be like, I, I can't make everyone happy. And if I'm taking care of myself and not doing anything destructive to myself or to other people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And making yourself I mean, happy. you That's the
0: one person, correct. the only person you can make happy is you. Correct. That is it. Yeah.
1: So. And so
0: everybody has a fear, uh, myself included, that if you change and people aren't happy about it, that's one reason to stop people from changing is I don't want to displease people, but was the feeling in your reaction as bad as you had thought it would be? You know what I mean? Like, or, or was it more manageable than than you thought?
1: Um, it's, I think it's been different than I thought it would be um, for sure. But I had someone, a friend of mine tell me when I was first kind of going through this phase of who's Mary Ellen, um, I said that like I was, I was scared of changing and scared of being my authentic self because of what other people would think. And he just looked at me and said, what is so bad about the person that you want to become that anyone in your life would not be okay with it? And I was like, well, stop being smart and making logical. Like, let me be afraid to change, okay? Let me just have that. But it really struck me as, you're right, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm going out, again, and being destructive and a horrible human being and, like, kicking puppies or something. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just doing things that are more true to who I want to be and who I probably always should have been. And to hear him say that, I was just like, ah. You're right. And if anybody does have a problem with it, and it's a significant enough problem that they don't want to be in my life anymore, then they probably shouldn't be in my life anymore. And Amen. that, I mean, <laughs> that is scary as fuck, but um it's also very true. And I have found that so far, even if people have given me a little bit of shit, like there's no one who's been like, I don't want to be part of your life anymore. Right. So yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good. And it's great for people to hear that. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Your, your fear is, (laughs) is, is valid. It's going to happen, but it's not going to be the end of the world. And yeah, I can just piggyback on what you're saying and to say the same thing of like, I I've made hard choices in my life and there's family. I don't talk to There's there's people that I don't, I don't deal with anymore. And um, it's made me way happier. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to make yourself happy. And I realized that process that if I'm well and I'm taking care of myself and I, and, and I'm a good person, the right people are going to come along. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. they're going to stay and the people that people that are, that want to see you shine and grow and are secure in that. And so I'm glad that you did it. Cause that's, that's the thing is like, that's all we have here is, is, you know, how, how much we love and care for ourselves and going alongside other people that are meant to be our people. That's, that's the whole gig. Yeah.
1: Yep. I would agree.
0: That's awesome. So we've covered a lot of the stuff that I wanted to cover. And the main thing is like, I am just so proud of you. I'm so happy to know you and you're really, really inspiring to be, to be around and to be friends with. And uh, it's just really, really fun to watch you blossom into this person. And I I like the old you too. You know, I, I like all these versions of you, you know, but um, (laughs) it's just been so brave and so gutsy and it's just so much fun too, because it is really, really fun oh. to watch you to watch you get, you know, to watch you blow up. You know, this is like the glow up of, of your lifetime right now. And I get to be a part of it. So it's it's yeah. really exciting.
1: Oh, thanks. Oh, well, you so got you know me what? blushing and all like, oh shucks. And well, and it's funny because like you're saying it's brave and it's and I'm like, is it like is it that like and again, it's like not giving myself credit. Like I would never write a song. <laughs> or about my, my glow up because again, like it's just, it's just a good thing that happened. So, um, it's, but I it's do appreciate brave.
0: It's brave because again, you had said several times in this interview that you're a people pleaser. Oh and yeah. So you're not pleasing anybody by doing this. You're pleasing yourself. Right. You know, yes. you're not pleasing anyone outside of yourself. And so the fact that you're making that mental shift is brave and huge. And some people never, ever, ever do it at all. Some people start it. And then once people around them start acting weird, they stop they they want to fit in those roles even though it makes them miserable because it feels safe Mm -hmm. i'm still going with brave okay
1: okay (laughs) well i appreciate it i do and i i mean i think you know that i i appreciate you and david so much and just that how good you have been to me since i've been your neighbor and um so, hearing that you're proud of me, like that actually means something. That's so, great. yeah, Thanks. I mean,
0: we all need to tell each other that more often, that is for sure. And so, yeah. And, and you always repay that, not that it's transactional, but you always repay it with good stories that we tell while you're gone and cry laughing. That <laughs> ends up in, not to mention, every time we go out for drinks, I'm always just like, this needs to be in your stand up. I'm one of those friends that, friends yes, comedian, that, that all comedians hate is somebody's like writing material for you. Oh my god! I had this funny thing happen oh. today, and then I'm like, "That needs to be." And you're like,
1: "Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's get another okay." Round. <laughs> make a make a mental note.
0: Make a mental note to forget that right away. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, it's always like the most inopportune time. It's like we're four drinks in. I'm like, "Oh, make a mental oh, yeah. note of that." We got it. That's funny. We're walking home. Yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I've got uh, trust me. I have my little notepad yeah. on my phone, and sometimes I look at it for comedy stuff. I'm like what does that mean? I'm sure at the time when I was putting it in there, it was like, this is going to be the best setup for a joke ever. And no idea. So I'm sure a number of of things we've discussed have ended up in there. And I look back and just like, cats and monkeys. I don't know, (laughs) but I bet we're laughing our asses off.
0: What's the ratio of Things that, of jokes you thought weren't going to do very well, but did well, or jokes that you thought would kill and bomb?
1: Um, I'd say, I want to say most of the jokes, no, this is going to make me sound like the biggest asshole in the world. Most of the jokes that I think are going to work end up working. Yeah. And very, very few that I thought would work have not worked. And I think it's because I am like a hyper perfectionist. So like, I will not go to an open mic night. um, If I don't have something perfectly prepared
0: Mm.
1: and perfectly thought out. And like, I, I don't, I go to open mic nights to test things out, but they are things that I have tested out 7,500 times prior to that open mic night to make sure that they're going to hit and then mm. i hear the audience at, and they're like oh yeah no this does and i get that feedback so um i i'm not often trying out jokes that i don't feel 95% confidence in because i'm too chicken too i don't <laughs> i need chicken. people to laugh think, at me
0: <laughs> I, yeah i think it's a thing of like you're you're it's it's practice but you're prepared yes just like yes. you a musician like we we come to practice but if you haven't at least listened to the damn song you're going to be a nightmare correct you know so i i i see nothing wrong i don't find that chicken at all i find it like that that is your level of comfort so it's like yeah i i want to be prepared and i want this to still be fun and enjoyable to me so i don't want to go on and bomb for the sake of bombing so yeah being prepared is fine I, i think you know
1: but that's how it is i mean even recording with you guys it's like i the first time i i was over there i'm like no this has to be perfect in one take and like get it. And if, and if it's not perfect, then we might as well just pull the plug on the project and walk away. And I am, I'm slowly learning that, no, it's okay. Like you can, yeah. you can make some mistakes and uh, you don't have to be perfect. You can re-record if you need to. And, uh, and I'm, so I'm like really thankful for that from you guys too. It's like, no, you didn't like it. That's fine. Like come yeah. over and do it again. So that you do like it. This is you and representing, you know, your voice. So yeah, um, But that's a hard thing to break out of too, is that idea of, no, it has to be, if it's not perfect, then I won't do it. Um, Which thankfully my mom really instilled in me like this idea of, you don't have to be perfect at everything to enjoy it. So like a lot of the hobbies that I've done, I've been terrible at, but Mm -hmm. you know what? I had fun doing it. Was I ever going to, I mean, like pottery, was I ever going to sell my pottery? No, but I enjoyed it. I've got some quirky pieces around my house now that I can say I made, Um, and who cares if it was if I was perfect at it? It, That's not a waste of time to do something that you enjoy. Um, So yeah, you have to monetize everything
0: too. Like, oh, I'm doing something to monetize it. It's like, no, I don't. Yeah,
1: i can really shitty at
0: this and really enjoy it, not monetize.
1: Exactly. Yep. So, uh, but it's that is one of those things that like I have to remind myself of fairly frequently. Like, it's okay it's okay to suck at something and Mm -hmm. still enjoy doing it. So,
0: yeah. And still share it. And that's the thing with the recording process is that that comes to full circle back to the beginning of this conversation where we're talking about being able to write when you're happy, it is a discipline. So I've played on literally hundreds of songs recorded hundreds and hundreds and Mm -hmm. hundreds of songs. And um, you learn yourself. So like I would have to go in when I had the flu, I like, if you're sick or whatever you go in and you play, but I also knew, um, when I wasn't going to get a better take, like you start getting, so that's why you need all that practice too, is you, you learn, like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I have not got the take that I want, but it is not going to get better. And I can be perfectly healthy, perfectly rested and fresh and, you know, everything. And then I'm just not having a good day. You know, I'm just, it's just, yeah. not, it's not happening. And, and I'm never like leaving going you piece of shit. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, I, right. I I'm a human being. Like I just, I just, I just didn't yeah. get it. You know, um, it's yeah. frustrating that you can't do it on command. So I love that you you're learning that because it gives you that flexibility with yourself to just be easy with yourself and go, yeah this wasn't my best day. And that is okay. I'm still really good at what I do. And I'm a human being.
1: Yeah. Well, I think also something that plays a role in that is listening to yourself. Um, And knowing, like you said, knowing, okay, that's the, yeah, that's the best I'm going to get or, or I could do better. Or even, I mean, when I think about like, going to the gym, I'm Am I going because I feel like I have to go, even though I feel miserable today? And I know that it's going to be a shit workout, and I should probably take care of myself and rest. All right. That's something that I'm learning to do is to say, oh, no, you know what? Your body needs the rest. Take the rest day. The gym will be there tomorrow. You know, do the recording again because you know you have more you can give, or don't because you know you can't. Like just really being able to pick that out, pick out those feelings from yourself that again it's that idea of like perfection like I if I I got it my schedule says I'm doing this five days a week well okay but maybe you only get four days and that's okay because that's what you need this week so that's something else that I'm really learning to do probably like in the last six months like oh (laughs) this is how I'm actually feeling or this is what I really need or want so um It's amazing.
0: It it feels like it's a nutshell, sort of uh, kind of summarizing all of it is that you're learning to value yourself. And you're Mm -hmm. learning to not put value to to take to take your value from anything externally. Like you're getting better about like, I value myself, I'm the one that that does it, you don't get to put the value on me. And yeah. That is like an amazing, amazing chef's kiss, you know, place to get in your life. Yeah, right.
1: And, yeah.
0: And so you know, it takes a process not, of leaning. So
1: Oh yeah. Um and I'm definitely not there yet, but I'm I'm def- getting there. Um and I look forward to the day. I, let's be real. I will always give some shits. I I hope this, I hope everybody does. Just,
0: Caring matters. You know, <laughs> so
1: um but um I'm looking forward to the day when I I do value myself holy and where my worth self-worth comes from me and not from what other people think because that is unfortunately still something that I struggle like I'm not worthy of whatever or I'm not enough Mm -hmm. um like I love myself and I think I'm great and I have so many things to offer but I still have a fight with that feeling of I'm just not enough um and I'm looking forward to the day in the coming years where I'm like, no, I, I am enough. And if other people can't see that, that's not my problem. So
0: I feel like you're way closer than you think <laughs> for sure. So we're going to leave it with that. That's, that was an amazing interview. I really appreciate your time and oh, for sharing yeah. all the stuff that you did. And uh, I'm sure I'll have you on again in the future because it's been really, oh, really love fun, but well, I think oh, we'll, yay. We'll, we'll have another fun one. And we'll do more about your comedy and stuff. And, and um sure. Maybe we'll start with a few drinks too.
1: Hey, I'm, you know, I'm never again. We'll probably the pump before this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Thanks again so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to What Won't You Say? You can find us at com, on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere else that you like to find your podcast.